time of worship we've already had today. Thank you for that. Well, good morning. You've noticed by now and you've heard by now that I am not the good Dr. James Taylor, right? I'm just like the third string or fourth or maybe fifth string. You know how that works. Every team has a starter, right? The leader, the captain of the team, well-trained, well-focused, great at their position, one of the best. Well, our starting quarterback is Dr. James Taylor. There he is right there. He is in Barcelona this morning, as you heard. He texted me uh, this morning with an update that I wanted to share with you. He said, so far we've prepared for this coming week's camp and explored some of the city. Today we're going to the port to give gospel packets to Moroccans that are getting on the ferry headed to Tangier. And he sent me this real early this morning. He said, uh, we'll begin at about 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So they've already been out there handing out uh, gospel messages for four hours this morning while we were getting ready to come to, to church. He says the camp begins tomorrow and they are ready. And he just asked that we keep the team in prayer that they will uh, be able to share the word of God with people who so desperately need, need to hear that. So that's our, uh, our starting quarterback there behind us. But in case the starter is out, every good team has a good second string quarterback. Again, well-trained, very capable, and one of the best. In our case, that is Steve Bradshaw, right? There he is. He preaches most every Sunday somewhere, and he is awesome. Sometimes he preaches here as second string back up to Pastor James. And then we have third stringers. They are great athletes, but maybe they start at a different position, right? They still play regularly. They're still a fine starter and a good substitute. And here at Red Lane, that is our awesome associate pastor, <laughs> Nick Riddle, who plays... <laughs> He plays a different position, and he's awesome, and he's awesome in the pulpit. But when you get to fourth string, you're likely to see a guy that's not too likely <laughs> to play every game in a starting role. And today, that's where we are. That's where you find yourselves this morning, a fourth or fifth stringer bringing the word. Remember what I said about the first stringer? Well-trained, well-focused great in the position, one of the best. Well, fourth string is not that. So I hope that you'll bear with me today, and as long as we stay focused on God's Word, why are you shaking your head at me? <laughs> at God's Word, I think we'll be fine today. So don't focus on the fourth stringer, just focus on God's Word with me this morning. So I have a question uh, for you today as we start. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? I wanted to get an idea of what some of my friends are seeking, so I did what everybody else does today. I posed the question on Facebook, right? So I did that last week. There's the post there, basically asking people to help me out with a project. I needed to know what they're seeking. And I'm going to read some of these answers to you. They're all over the board. Some are very serious. Um, some are kind of funny, and some I'm just not really sure what they are. But I'm going to read a few of these to you. Um, a sense of peace. Someone else was seeking acceptance. This one I'm not too sure about. A dear friend of mine, seeking the true North Pole, not the magnetic pole. Polaris might be visible this evening, then all's well on the navigation deck. Otherwise, an ice cream cone. 
This is a friend of mine that's a scientist that worked on government projects that, are, that we don't even know about, and he's talking about those things or an ice cream cone. I like that. Uh, somebody else said a house that cleans itself, successful children, more of Jesus, and fewer calls from CVS. <laughs> another friend of mine uh, said validation, another one peace, another contentment, another answer on uh, the health of one of their family members, peace and security, direction, a heart full of peace, balance, healing, full-time employment, a way to get my family out of an apartment and into a home of our own, great front desk help, dependable committed workers, forgiveness, an honest man, seeking God's grace and presence daily, right now seeking the answer to a, an annoying health issue, a someone else clarity, another peace and joy, Another, anything that will help me prepare for motherhood and the arrival of my little girl. Another, God's grace, unity of God's people. My life here on earth has purpose and meaning. So they're seeking meaning and purpose. Another, seeking patience, physical strength and wellness, assurance, patience, more faith, children who have a heart change for Jesus, answers, strength, my real answer would be that I want to know why my dad decided he didn't want anything to do with us anymore. One says, I really wish for a good lawnmower so I can cut my grass or maybe fix my broken one, if it's the Lord's will. The ability to forgive someone for the awful crime they committed. A godly husband for our daughter. Heaven. How to fully understand the kingdom of heaven. I seek peace and the ability to always be kind no matter what. Wisdom, my son to know Jesus. Prayers, to love and serve the Lord. Justice and peace. Knowing what the purpose of the second half of my life is. Someone who will help figure that out with. And lastly, a future for my grandchildren that will be a time of peace and love for them to grow up in a world where everyone knows Jesus and are free to worship him. So those responses were kind of from all over the board. But I wondered as I read through all of these for the past few days, would some of these comments have been different if I had asked two days earlier or two days later? In other words, what we seek often changes day to day, hour to hour, year to year, week to week. In one day, for example, we could be seeking a job in the morning a good place for lunch at noon, and seeking peace and joy that same evening. Our priorities and our needs seem to constantly change. And while some of my friends are seeking specific um, things in their life, many had a really a common thread of those that I just read to you of. Peace, acceptance, validation, contentment, healing, forgiveness, joy, grace, strength, and justice. Most of these came from good, solid, committed Christians. Others came from unchurched friends. And as I read through them again and thought about them again, uh, knowing the backstory of really everybody that made a comment, you know, it made it, it made it easy for me to understand why they were seeking what they were seeking. But I noticed that no one on the Facebook post said that they're seeking addiction, devastation, 
bad, abusive relationships, health problems, financial ruin, sadness, despair. No one said they were seeking more things to worry about or a deep sense of regret or unresolved hatred toward an individual or a group. No one said they were seeking hate or disrespect. So what are you seeking this morning? And why does that, why does that matter? So we've already established that what we seek changes from time to time depending on our priorities at that moment. And do we often seek many things at once? I say yes, we do. Let's say I'm in Washington, D.C. for the day and it's 4 o'clock and I'm finished. I am seeking to go south, right? First and foremost, I want to go south. I'm seeking to go home to Julie and the girls. I'm seeking light traffic. But I also know that there is a Dairy Queen along 95 between Fredericksburg and Ashland. So because of my nature, of my very nature, I'm also seeking a blizzard. Amen. I like that. I like that. But I may have a conflict with that because I'm also seeking to lose 20 pounds. But I might be seeking to reward myself for the good day's work that I had in D.C. I might deserve a prize. So what we are seeking at any given moment can really become complicated, right? So what are we to do? Well, I think we should examine God's Word for some clarity on what we should seek. So some of you have already thought of the verse that I want to focus on this morning. It's Matthew 6, 33. And if you learned it in the King James Version, as I did when I was a kid, it's seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's our focus verse this morning. Let me just say that a really good pastor could seriously preach on this verse right here for two solid hours. But fortunately, that's not where you find yourself today. So I do want to break this down word by word, and then we're going to look at um, the context of this verse and then some practical life applications from this verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek. That's to attempt to find, obtain, or achieve something. First is being before all others with, with respect to time, order, rank, and importance kingdom of God, the gospel, personal relationship with our Savior. His, belonging to God, righteousness characterized by uprightness, morality, virtuousness, and godliness. So, to put all that together, we are attempting to find, obtain, or achieve before all others with respect to time, order, rank, and importance, the gospel, personal relationship with our Savior, and God's uprightness, morality, virtuousness, and godliness. Makes perfect sense now, right? Okay. Let's um, look at some of the context of this verse. So this, we know that this is in the Word, so we know that it's true. It's in Matthew 6.33. It's written by the disciple Matthew. And these words were spoken by Jesus. These words come, that come from Matthew 6 are part of what we often call Sermon on the Mount. It's also referred to as the greatest sermon ever preached, Right? This was a really exciting time for the disciples. The word was spreading about Jesus. Large crowds began to gather around him. And on this day, a large crowd gathered around Jesus on the hillside at Capernaum. Jesus went up to the top of the mountain, and he began to teach his disciples 
and to preach to the large crowd below. The Sermon on the Mount includes the Beatitudes. You remember these. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted, and much more. Jesus, in this Sermon on the Mount, also talked about salt and light. He talked about the fulfillment of the law, loving your enemies, giving to the needy. He taught us the Lord's Prayer in this sermon. He talked about fasting. He talked about money, and he talked about worry. And then he talked about warnings, including warnings about false teachings, and much more on the Sermon on the Mount. Our verse today is included in what Jesus taught about worry. In fact, let me read our verse and then the following verse to give even more context. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, I'm sorry, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? Seeking the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness means to turn to God first for help, to fill our thoughts with what God desires and to serve and obey him. We should see all things through a seeking God lens, if you will. All decisions that we make and all the actions that we take should be thought about through the lens of this seeking God first. We seek the kingdom by seeking the king. Seek the kingdom by getting to know the king. Somebody write that down. Seek the kingdom by seeking the king and getting to know the king. That's how we seek the kingdom. That's good stuff. And then it talks about worry. So does not worrying mean, or not worrying about tomorrow, does that mean that uh, to seek God and not plan for tomorrow? No, it doesn't. In fact, planning for tomorrow is time really well spent. Worrying about tomorrow is time wasted, right? Well, Julie, as many of you know, is a planner. She plans way in advance, and she plans for every eventuality. She should work for the U.S. Army, maybe, <laughs> or for the Secret Service as they plan for every possible eventuality. Pr planning is helpful, and planning is good, and when done well, planning can actually alleviate worry. Right, Julie? Yeah, alleviate worry. Worriers, though, are consumed by fear and often find it difficult to trust God. Don't let worries about tomorrow get in the way of your relationship with God. Plan more and worry less. But in everything we do, we should do it through that seeking God first lens. So how does this apply to our lives? And really, what impact does this have on our lives here today in Powhatan County? I want to go back to some of the things that were uh, mentioned as things that people were seeking on my Facebook post. Things like peace. Acceptance, validation, contentment, healing, forgiveness, joy, grace, and strength. Do you think seeking first the kingdom of God will help have peace and contentment and strength and a feeling of validation and acceptance? Do you think seeking first the kingdom of God will help you feel joy and help you forgive others and experience grace? The answer, I think, to all of these is yes. So 
Why does seeking first the kingdom of God really matter to us in our daily lives as we live them today? I want to share with you now a couple of examples of why seeking first the kingdom matters in our lives. I'm part of a small group through Needles Eye Ministry called CPG. There are eight of us that gather together once a month for three or four hours. We lift each other up. We hold each other accountable. We share prayer needs. We pray for each other. We study God's word, and we apply God's word to applications in our life and in our places of work. In fact, one of my CPG um, small group members is here this morning, Anthony Romanello. Anthony, thank you for being here today. And it's funny that he's in my small group now that I'm really involved in, but sitting beside him is a member of my very first small group. That's my older brother, Vic, who lives over in Fluvanna, came over today. My initial small group member is here today. So, um, But I want to share something with you this morning that happened to our CPG small group in the last three weeks. It's, it's a difficult, heartbreaking story, and I'm going to share parts of that with you this morning. So one of our eight eight members sent an email Tuesday, June the 26th, that was about three weeks ago, I believe, a little more than that, that his youngest son was in the hospital with very serious health issues, prayers would be appreciated more later, he said. So it turns out that John's son, who was just living life, everything fine a month ago, had experienced some back pain and a couple of other issues. He had gone to the doctor, he had received some treatment, he had gone home, he went back to the doctor. He ended up being sent to the ER at uh, St. Mary's um, where they found and determined that John's son had brain cancer. They removed a tumor and they began treatment that night. This happened really quickly. Our CPG group met our fellow member John at the hospital that Thursday, about two weeks ago. And we met there to pray for him and to lift him up as his band of brothers in Christ. And as we sat together, John shared with us all the details of what had happened and what the treatment plan was and kind of where we were going from there. And then we decided to go ahead and pray. And he said, this is the man whose son is, is, is there with uh, uh, brain cancer surgery, going through treatment. He said, well, let me open us in prayer. So he thanked God for us, his CPG brothers. He prayed for his son, his son's wife. He prayed for his oldest, older son, uh, who was insisting that he stay in the hospital every night with his younger brother. I was amazed that Thursday at John's strength. Then John's son lost his battle this past Monday at 2.45 in the morning. The text that John sent us was incredible. Because this is recorded and it's put online, I'm not going to mention all the details of his text, but he asked for prayer for others, not for himself. He prayed that this tragedy would not harden the hearts of those around his son. This was eight hours after his son died, and that was his mindset. I was amazed at John's strength. Finally, two days later, the very day of his funeral, this was this past Friday, I texted John to just let him know that our family was deep in prayer for him and his family. He thanked me and said, thanks, Tim, 
just marveling at this beautiful day. So despite the fact that he and his wife were dressing, getting ready to leave their house to go to their youngest son's funeral, who, by the way, was 32 years old, John was marveling at the beautiful day. And it was a beautiful day, if you remember Friday. There was a lot of blue sky, a lot of white, puffy clouds. It wasn't too humid. I was amazed at John's strength. And then later Friday morning at the service, again, I was amazed at John's strength. Our CPG group met this past Wednesday, and we all marveled at John and his strength. I want to be more like John. But John's strength comes from his relationship with Christ. So I want to be more, more like the Christ as shown through John. Do you know what I mean? I honestly don't think I would have noticed the beautiful clouds and the beautiful blue sky Friday morning if I was burying my son. I don't know that I would be asking y'all to pray for other people other than me. I might have been asking friends, in fact, to pray for me. I want to be more like John, but really I want to be more like the Christ I see through John. I want to first seek the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you about another friend of mine who displayed forgiveness that can only be explained through seeking first the kingdom of God. This young couple, 40 years or so ago, had three children, and they were living the great American dream in Powhatan, Virginia. But tragedy struck, and their oldest daughter was killed in a car crash. I believe she was 16 years old. The family was devastated, but they got through the loss. They continued on with their, not, with their lives. They weren't over the loss, but they were coping. Then the impossible happened. For the second time in their lives, they saw the sheriff's car pull into their driveway with their pastor. Their son had been killed riding his bike, struck by a drunk driver on Route 60. Can you imagine the devastation after having lost one child, losing another? Well, my friend, who I really, I didn't know until years later, even while mourning the loss of his son, he found the strength and courage to go to jail that night and meet the man that killed his son. He found him, he prayed with him, and he forgave him. Even, if I, even as I saw my friend 30 years later telling this story, I was amazed at his strength, at his ability for, to forgive. And I was thinking, I want to be more like him. But just like with John, I want to be more like the Christ that was in, in him. Because my friend, even as he told this story 30 years later, he knew that he could not go to that jail and forgive that man. He had just killed his son. But only God could give him that ability. You see, he, my friend, was seeking first the kingdom of God. So I guess we move to a point where I wonder what we can do, each one of us. What three things could we do this week to be more like John and more like my other friend that I talked about? What can we do to seek first the kingdom of God? Well, I think the first answer is to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 7, 17 says, Pray 
without ceasing. Is that possible? I mean, what does that mean? I mean, all of us agree that praying is good, right? But how do we pray without ceasing? Well, you know how much our pastor has talked about Billy Graham lately since his death? He just, he listens to every sermon that he can of Billy Graham on, on different podcasts. Um, and there's a reason for that, because Billy Graham was an incredible servant of God who seeked first the kingdom in all that he did. I recently heard Alveda King interviewed. She's the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King. She was recalling the first time that she ever met Billy Graham. She was a recent college graduate. She was working as an upstart reporter for, for a local newspaper, and Billy Graham was coming to town to preach. Her assignment editor assigned her to go interview Billy Graham. And she remembered Billy Graham saying that during the interview, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. A bit skeptical, she asked him what he meant. You don't even, you don't even know me 10 minutes ago, um, and I've been interviewing you ever since we met, so how is it that you're praying for me? Dr. Graham explained that he had been praying for her as they met, and as he sat down, and as he interviewed her. He was seeking her through the lens of seeking first the kingdom of God. Alveda King, who was surrounded by pastors and ministers all of her life, said that while she was there to interview Billy Graham and to do her job, that her life that day was changed forever. By being in conscious and constant communication, we're acknowledging God. By bringing him into the picture, we're obeying Matthew 6.33 by seeking him first. And we do that through prayer. So we seek the kingdom by seeking the king, and we do that through prayer, as Billy Graham demonstrated to Alveda King on that day. I can do a better job of praying without ceasing. Can you? The second answer to the question of what can we do this week to seek first the kingdom of God is to read and study God's word. We seek the kingdom by seeking the king. We get to know God by reading his word. He is revealed to us in the scriptures. This is what our Baptist faith and message says about the Bible. The Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and is God's revelation of himself to man. It's a perfect treasure of divine instruction. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture for, of error for all its matter. Therefore, all scripture is totally true and trustworthy. It reveals the principles by which God judges us and is therefore, and therefore is and will remain to the end of the world the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds, and religious opinions should be tried. All scripture is a testimony to Christ, who is himself the focus of divine revelation. So that's the Baptist faith and message talking about God's word. In 2 Timothy 3.16, um, God's word tells us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we seek the kingdom by seeking the king, seek the kingdom by getting to know the king, 
seek the king by staying in his word. I can do a better job of reading and studying God's word every day. Can you? And the third way that we can put to practice seeking first the kingdom of God is through Christian fellowship. The importance of true Christian fellowship is that it reinforces those things in our mind and helps us to focus on Christ and his desires and his goals for us. Proverbs 27, 17 says, many of you know this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So as iron sharpens iron, in true, true Christian fellowship, Christians sharpen one another's faith. We stir one another to exercise that faith in love and good works, all to God's glory. So gathering together today, as we are, to worship, participating in small groups both in our church and outside our church, hosting small groups in our homes and our places of business is all important. Spending time with believers, living life together, helps us as we seek the King. So I know that I can do more to fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Can you? So if we're obedient as individual Christ followers in seeking first the kingdom of God, will we be more like my friend John? Will we be more Christ-like? Will people like Alveda King that we interact with in our lives be changed by our heart? Will we have more of a sense of peace, acceptance, validation, contentment, healing, joy, grace, and strength? Do you think seeking first the kingdom of God will help you have more peace, more contentment, and the ability to forgive? What about our church family together? If we as individual parts of our church family seek first the kingdom, would things be different here? I mean, let's face it, in the coming um, days, weeks, and months, we, as, as we as a church, continue down our path um, toward renovating our building as a tool to reach our community. Will our decisions as a church be different if we all seek first the kingdom of God? If we as a body seek first the kingdom of God, I don't know about you, but it tends to make me focus less on what color the carpet's going to be after the renovation. It makes me think less about what kind of wood is going to be up here on the platform after the renovation. I think if we as a body of Christ seek first the kingdom, we'll be more concerned about the family right down Red Lane that's lived here for six years and is unchurched not in their relationship with Christ. I think we'll be con concerned more about the single mom that lives right down the road that's having trouble raising her kids and is not involved in a church. So as I close this morning, I hope this week that we will all seek first the kingdom, and I hope that we will pray without ceasing. I hope that we will read and study God's word with more conviction, and I hope that we'll fellowship in a more meaningful way with our brothers and sisters in the coming week. And before I close in prayer, I do want to mention that we got word this morning, you may have seen it, that uh, Royce Goodwin passed away uh, this morning, so we want to lift up the Goodwin family uh, this morning. I don't know if you'd seen Royce out the last couple of weeks, but his brothers 
have been taking him out to breakfast and lunch every day. And what an awesome uh, picture that was of, of love in that family. So we w want to remember Royce today, and I'm sure we'll get information about that service uh, really soon. So I'm going to go ahead and pray uh, for us as Nick uh, comes up, and we'll pray for Royce and also um, uh, our, our time together today. So Father...